tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to another amazing After Buzz TV after show. For your favorite show, it's Hemlock Grove. And we're on Season 3, Episode 3, The House in the Woods. 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. I'm your host, Sean O. Uh, Sean Overman, if you will. And I'm joined here by my awesome and lovely co-host. Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini. And where can we find you, Marissa? You can follow me on Twitter at TV. And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us, After Buzz TV, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. YouTube. And give us thumbs up, give us likes, give us reviews. That way we can keep the lights on here at the studio. But today we're going to be talking about so many crazy topics. We're going to nerd out. We're uh, missing... Mary Lou Mandel, yeah. our co-host. She'll be back. She'll be back next week. And she's uh, having some fun in Seattle, I believe, mm-hmm. right now, over at NintendoCon or something like that. <laughs> so um, we wish her well. And uh, we're, let's start talking about Roman and what's going on with him. So much is going on with him. Oh, my gosh. Goodness, so, he was all over this episode. Yeah, so at the he wakes up, and it's the first thing we get to see. He wakes up in sub-level... Uh, <laughs> the White S- Tower. Was it SL7? Or P- PL7? PL7. PL7, right? Yeah. The, the place that was restricted access last season. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get in there. Well, also, like, level 5 was also restricted, so maybe he's even further down. Is that it? He's at 7 now. Wow, it's even further down now. It looks like the same lab, though. It does. Kind I of. mean, they could have redressed that set. But that was a <laughs> gorgeous, beautiful shot to open the show with. Like, wow. And how he was just in his circular room. Yeah. Like a circular prison. Yeah, I like uh, that. More circles in the show. More circles. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And he's pretty much going throughout the maze. He finds his way through. He gets down to finding Annie and uh, Dr. Price. They're looking at the body of what attacked them. That was pretty cool, pretty gross, but pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, yes it was. It it obviously it was um it was a prosthetic mannequin of some kind, yeah. right? It had cysts all over its body, pretty much like two, like he said melanomas, am I right? Mhm. Melanoma. And we <laughs> what was actually really cool about the whole autopsy thing is that because we have an ER nurse there, uh, Annie, she's able to pretty much tell us and translate what Dr. Price is saying. Break it down to layman's terms. I like that. Very smart. So Annie's cool. Yeah, yeah, she's very cool. So um, we we get that we get them poking and prodding at this thing, and uh, Dr. Price is even like looking at its hands. Obviously, its hands like look they they look like they're in some. It's like a, it's like an animal, pretty much. Am I right? It was, but it had a human form to it. Which I mean, he was even Doctor Press was going into the specifics of the body. White Caucasian, one hundred twenty-one pounds, and it was five a female. Feet, female, yes, female, five feet tall, eight inches. Makes me think: Are all Upiers tall? I don't know because it, even Annie's I mean, not too tall. Even though she's, she's taller, she's taller. She's Olivia's tall. Olivia's very tall. Roman is taller than her. All the all the Oopiers we met in this episode did look kind of tall. Yeah, yeah, they look tall. So maybe it's just maybe Oopiers are just tall. You can easily point them out because they're tall. Yeah, so that be, drinking all that human blood really helps them out. Probably right? it helps out their growth. <laughs> the iron, you know, <laughs> the iron it builds strong bones. It builds. <laughs> they don't need calcium. They need iron. Maybe I just wonder why he said the height. It might just be a general autopsy, but it makes me think like all the Oopiers that we've seen have generally been tall. I guess if you said five seven or five or lower you know it wouldn't seem as threatening yeah. maybe um i guess five eight's pretty tall for a woman right so that's why hear, hearing that i'm like okay yeah that's 
Mm-hmm. If she wears heels, she's going to be taller than me. I'm like, Maybe scared. I'm just overthinking it. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we, we have them do the autopsy, and he pulls out one of the incisors. Oh, that was the worst. I cannot... With teeth, I can do anything else, even dissecting the brain. When we get into that, that was totally fun. I can't do teeth pulling. Okay. Oh, I I have nightmares about losing teeth. It's it's a legit fear of mine. And wow. then to see it get pulled out with all the sinus and the mucus, and I'm like, oh, that was nasty. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Nasty. You know what? I didn't have a problem with it until you just mentioned that, and now I feel like I'm kind of grossed out, and oh. I'm imagining somebody pulling my teeth. No, it's so bad. And the fact I watched that that particular shot twice is beyond me. I don't know how I made it. <laughs> but I can't do pulling the teeth losing of any kind. No. Yeah, it's and I thought it was so interesting how after he pulled it out, Dr. Price pulled out the tooth. He the, there was that mucus on there and he, but it wasn't mucus. He no, said venom. He said it was a there's in the there was a, a maxilla sinus. sinus in the maxilla apparently filled with venom. Yes, and he's like, what does that sound like? Oopier, and we're like, what? For me, I didn't know that Oopiers had a venom sac in their teeth. Or it could have been another reptilian figure. Snakes have venom in their teeth. Okay, so maybe connected to our reptoid people that we've been talking about? Quite possibly. Wow, so, oh. But, But I feel like Price, when he brought that up, he said specifically that's an oopier quality yeah so i don't think that it's connected to our reptoid friends or maybe this is a more uh, evolved oopier okay all right i can buy that yes and i do have some conjecture about what's going on with that stuff yeah later on we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it so we we fast forward um they you know they do the autopsy uh, they complete it we we go back to the the godfrey house roman's house well we learned in the brain actually before that we learned in the brain oh yeah that's right that there's this tumor that is spreading around but it's 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 in the it's spread in several areas frontal lobe surrounding the optic nerve the latter lateral hypothalamus and this fusion of cancer and parasitical organism that's manipulating the nervous digestive system and compelling the host consumption of their own species. That is gross. Yes. <laughs> so it's pretty much just telling the audience that this tumor is affecting the behavior of whoever host that's turning against their own species. So oopiers turning against other oopiers. Yeah. So we it, it even said something. You mentioned the digestive stuff, right? I think a little bit about... It created its own stomach. It created its own stomach. It had it was bypassing the esophagus, mm-hmm. and whatever it was eating wasn't going to the host stomach. It was going to its own new stomach, which was created under the host stomach. Something like that, right? Yeah, that was gross, nasty. And even when he tried to scalpel the thing, it moved away from the scalpel. It's still alive. Yeah. That was a great special effects awesome. on that. Really good. I, and it was probably really simple special effects, too, like uh, robotic animatronics, right? Mm, probably, yeah. And uh, that's now we know that this thing is a parasite. It's it is. It's not just a creature, like this new thing. It's probably a new peer. That, well, it is a new peer that's been changed somehow for some reason. We don't know why. And uh, we're, you know, And I'm thinking that this is probably what's affecting Olivia now. Mm, maybe, or just affecting the other appears that we will see further yes. on in this episode that yes, right. there's a living organism that's affecting all of them right now. Yeah, um, so later on we have uh, Roman at his place. He tells Annie, oh yeah, okay, of course you could stay here at my place. You don't have to go to a hotel. And I, I bet you Annie was happy about that. She's like, probably. I don't, don't want to spend extra money. I want to hang out with this, this cute I don't think money's oopier. an issue for her, though. No. She's an ER nurse. Yeah. I'm sure she's good. Yeah, I'm sure she... Well, she's not as well off as Roman Godfrey is. True. But Roman has, you know, parental business owners. He's an heir. He is an heir. Uh, But we, you know, obviously if we didn't have her in that scene, she wouldn't have discovered what we needed her to, the sketchbook, which is obviously Roman's sketchbook. Liked it, yes. Right? Which is kind of funny. Like, I would have liked to have seen him, like, drawing in that thing before it was just, like, planted there. It's a mm-hmm. little a little convenient, but they had some obstacles with her looking through other stuff before she found that. Yeah. Well, we did see in season one when he was drawing pictures of the angel and whatnot, which was actually him. Uh-huh. So, I think the audience have already established he likes to draw things that he sees. Yeah. Or dreams of, or has visions of. So, yeah. But, 
Either way, we had this notebook full of all these drawings. Yes, and she flips it open. She's looking through a few of the pages. A lot of skulls, a lot of death, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Roman's clearly a disturbed kid. It's definitely gothic. But he is only drawing, like you said, what he sees. Mm. And he saw an omul negru, which I looked it up. And did, did you happen to look it I up? Did, I did. What is it? Um, it is Boogeyman Whoa. in Romanian. Yes. Yes. In, there's a, yeah, in Romanian. In Romanian. So creepy. When I looked it up, there's like 27 different terms for boogeyman in mm-hmm. different cultures. Yeah. And I was scrolling through all the articles on Wikipedia, and I was just like, what? There's And then, of course, there's El Cucuy in, in Mexican, uh, in Spanish, rather. And it's, it's just like insane. How many, And I was trying to see all the other terms that were beside the Omol Negru in the sketching. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a bunch of stuff. Um, but not all of them were boogeymen, which was actually crazy. I was expecting more of them to be. And were what, they more like stories like this that were similar to the boogeyman? Um, they, it, it's it's kind of hard to say. They're they're more like okay, they're more like gods. All right, so we had the Utu was one of them that was near the bottom, mm-hmm. and it said that's a, and Wikipedia said it was a sun god in Sumerian. Oh, so now yeah. that I'm hearing Babylonian and Sumerian, and even in the show, we we get to meet Nate. He's a Upir anthropologist, right? <laughs> right, and uh, very convenient. He knows a lot of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. But it just—it was just such a cool thing to be able to look all these up. So Omulnegru, we got that's the boogeyman. Uh, there's also the Enbelulu. That's a god that knows the secrets of water running beneath the earth. And what does that kind of sound like? Underworld. <laughs> that can, sounds yeah, like. like- uh, well, to me, it sounds like what happened last episode where we had. Um, we had uh, Spivak pushing, uh, pushing um, Miranda. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the Mar- episode, the last episode. Yeah, pushing Miranda towards into something into the basement. Into the basement, and it looked like kind of watery, watery like, reflection. Yeah, reflections in the water, and, and you know, into the like just all over the walls. Whoa. So I'm thinking like there's a connection there. That that can't be a coincidence, you yeah. know. If it is, it's a really big crazy coincidence, but. Then okay. I'm, I'm thinking like V for Vendetta. There are no coincidences, <laughs> only the illusion of coincidences. Okay. We also had the Tammuz, which is a Sumerian god of food and vegetation. So now I'm thinking like Spivak is creating some kind of food from the baby, right? Because we had Nate talking about crushing kids into sausages as one of the 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 tales with the the crazy Emil yeah. grew and you know obviously we had Roman be like oh no don't You're tell stuck. me because he doesn't want to think about Nadia getting crushed into little pieces and then also that's just good writing just letting the audience because you know that was a whole scene of exposition it's like nope stop it you got to keep watching more episodes to find out more dude <laughs> very smart it was really it's really good I feel like this this series is really like a book. It's just, it's amazing. Like, every episode so far this season has been a cliffhanger. And especially, we'll talk about what happened later on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, oh my gosh, you know, like, crazy stuff. So much information. There's also the Anunnaki mentioned in The Legend of Gilgamesh. And those, the Anunnaki are a group of deities, and um, they set the land ablaze when they returned before the storm. So, I remember Gilgamesh, and Gilgamesh himself is actually immortal as well. Oh. Yeah, he's immortal. So or he's supposed to be immortal. Maybe that's like a reference to some of the Upir. Maybe he was an Upir. Maybe. Right? Or another creature that was immortal. And that's something that I like about these this show, and shows like Hemlock Grove, where they take things that are in like legend and myth, and then they exaggerate it Stand more, upon it. or in a, in ways make it real too. They like kind of, they, and they, yeah, they expand upon it, or even change like little nuanced things to make it like fit the story. I, I really like that a lot. So smart. And one last thing that they had on there was Jin, and I was like Jin, and then he had like, uh, it was Romans writing in cursive and it said the Jin, and then he had all these other things about it, something about universes and whatever, and. Um, it's actually those are actually genies. Yeah, and they're mentioned in the Quran. Jin. Yeah, J I N, right? Yeah, J I N N, and yeah. um, they're supposed to be neutral, willful creatures like humans, mm-hmm. and they're not like angels, which are doing the bidding of gods. Yeah, right. So, um, but even though they can be neutral, they have also been known to be demonic in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Which I think like you should read Arabian Nights. I should. Huh? You should. I <laughs> haven't. I've only seen Aladdin. 
Oh, That's no, it. you, you got to read the actual <laughs> book. And granted, there's like a million stories within Arabian Nights, but they, they go heavily into the jinn and genies and whatnot. Wow. It's right. great. Yeah, I should check it out. Highly suggest it. So, um, I liked in this episode, too, how we got to meet Nate. Already, he seems like he's a prick a little bit. Just a little bit. Like yeah, a little, pretentious. A little pretentious stuck he's up. Mm-hmm. Right? And we get introduced to other Oopiers in the house. There's, uh, I forgot their names. Right? I think one of them was Megan. Meg- Megan, this girl who's studying, uh, what was it, kinesiology? Kinesiology. Kin- kinesiology. Yeah, and she's his physical, that. <laughs> yeah. she's his physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Who he's cheating on Hannah with. Is that what? It- yeah, that, that was the whole thing that was going down. Because like, Annie was giving Nate crap, like, where's Hannah? And he was like, this is just my physical therapist over here. Whoa. Hannah's coming later. Whoa. Okay, I totally missed that. So Hannah's- Yeah, he's a player. Hannah's his wife? And Hannah's his or actual girl- girlfriend. It's girlfriend, and I think, okay. That's uh, Nate's girlfriend. Yeah, n- n- uh, Hannah's Nate's girlfriend. And that's Annie's cousin. And then Megan, yeah. And then Megan is just this random- Megan was just- Random chick. Someone he's seeing yeah. on the side. <laughs> I side liked, chick. I liked how they did a little reference to Annie's age here. And she was like, well, Roman said- have you slept with Nate? And mm-hmm. she responded with, oh, well, everybody was in love on VJ Day. I looked up VJ Day. I did not know what it was, but I kind of knew what it was. That famous pose where, like, there's a sailor kissing a girl randomly yeah, in Times Robert Square. Said- yeah, I didn't know that. So, August, it was August 14th <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, 1945. So, I did some math. I was like, okay, let's just say she was at least 20 back then, right? So, if she was 20, maybe, like a young Upir. I'm just underestimating. 20 plus 70, because that's 70 years ago. So Uh now that's... She's at least 90. She's at least 90. So she could be much older, obviously. She could be centuries older. Yeah. Right? And Roman's like, how old are you? And she doesn't go into detail. (laughs) And I just love that from Roman. I was like, you don't ask a woman her age. And then she just brushed it off. Even a new peer woman. Even a new peer. She's been around. (laughs) She has connections. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) She does. And that's why we got to meet Nate. Um, Mm -hmm. They go into his house blood is everywhere but in they just treat it so delicately and peacefully uh well they seem way more up to uh, like knowledgeable of the upir culture especially just being in that hometown because like now we're upirs are coming out of the woodworks we only see like one or two upirs throughout all these seasons and now we're seeing a bunch of them every single episode which is great because there's a whole community that we didn't even know of and roman's learning it too so i like the fact that what this family brought they just brought way more information than the audience and roman didn't even know i would have liked to have had a lot more episodes like this so we could have learned more about upir over the course of the whole series as opposed to just this episode and then we get them wiped out mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which is well, kind they, of a bummer they served their purpose i guess they did nate definitely served his purpose Ugh, goodness i guess we he had to go yeah we yeah we made he became very unlikable yeah. very easily <laughs> very easily <laughs> um but we had that before that we had him dripping drops into everybody's mouth of rh null rh null only 40 donors in the world have this so it's one it's the world's most rare blood type apparently yeah and the interesting because of course i looked this up too there's only 40 or so other people on the planet with rh null doesn't mean that they're donors it means that like they're registered that they have rh null so i think Mm -hmm. they just kind of expanded on that one little detail yeah but rh null blood can be considered universal blood for anyone with rare blood blood with types within the rh system its life-saving capability is enormous Ooh, and that's why these upir praise it so much because mm-hmm. you, it's like a vintage the wine. holy grail yeah it's a holy grail of blood mm-hmm. and he just has a, a vial and probably like a couple hundred cc's and he's just dropping it Drop. one drop at a time into everybody's mouth like taking, oh, they're basking in it yeah like taking a sip of a like a really old pinot noir <laughs> something i don't know man but um i i thought that was so funny um we also had the blood pudding too which was kind of gross yeah a little bit. but apparently it tasted really good i guess so and 
I guess my whole thing about Roman, like, being allergic to the blood, like, Olivia is, like, totally out the window now, because he had a drop of that blood, he sipped some of this, so that's not what put him into the into that seizure. Yeah. It was a concussion, according to... And that's what I'm thinking, Roman's still physically connected to whatever affected this body. Mm. Not, not by blood, but by something else. Oh. So... Oh, by something else, huh? Maybe something neurological, maybe it is something anatomically in in physiology like that but i don't know i don't think the the blood sucking was was the case no but that was a lot of blood yeah there's a lot of blood in a pot uh so nate um he gives more explanation when they go into a study i like to study by the way i liked all those books yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful man <laughs> yeah, it's great great um, study he talks about what the omol negru really are and um, they're not, they were supposed to be um, from Norse mythology. It was a giant serpent, which is Ouroboros, mm-hmm. essentially. And it's actually the word that he used was, gosh, I have to really look at this closely, <laughs> Jormungandr. Yeah. And when I see the he said way it really fast, like Jormungandr. Yeah, the way it's spelled and everything. And I'm, I'm already thinking, like, Molnir, which is uh, Thor's hammer. <laughs> and um, how funny when I did more research on it, it's actually the arch enemy of Thor in mythology, which is pretty crazy. There you go. Uh, so it's in Norse and Babylonian myths, and it encircles the world, right? So what I thought about that when he said that was. It's encircling the world to, like, exert control over it, maybe, to choke the world, to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. But actually, if it lets go, it's biting its tail. It's not eating its tail. Yeah. It's just holding it's, it's holding tail. It. So if it lets go, the world actually ends. So that's like... The world the... ends or reverses back to normal. Oh, see, I, I don't know about that. So, well, maybe the world from Be- its control perspective well, is destroyed. Because yeah. right now, it's like this serpent, this Ouroboros, is constricting the world. But and but if you think of it, if you unconstrict it, if you release it, then say like the the whole act of choking. Yes. When you constrict the airways, you know you can't breathe. But when you let it go, then you can, and oh. everything reverts back to normal, and you have that that equilibrium again. So yeah. maybe it would do that for the world. That is actually a much better metaphor. I like that. <laughs> that's that's a, how I saw no, it. No, that's a good one. Yeah, so it's we need to get rid of Ouroboros. Or we just need to stop it from killing everything. Yeah, we need to stop it and the Omol Negru from, from destroying everything. Uh, and then guess what happens? Hannah comes back, pissed as ever. Oh, she did look scary, though. Yeah, she. we didn't get a clear look at her face, which was actually cool. It made her scarier. It, it was hard to tell because when we were first introduced her, all we knew was that Hannah was coming later. And But we, as the audience, never saw who this Hannah was. And then we saw a crazy-looking girl. We're like, oh, wait, this is Hannah. She's supposed to be normal, but she's being affected right now. I wonder how quickly the the tumors or the disease progresses in the Upir body because if Nate didn't notice anything was wrong with her um, and how long has she been gone from his sight right you mm-hmm. think him as like an anthropologist like some kind of like educated guy would notice there's something wrong with his girlfriend right right I think maybe like at least 24 hours okay quite possibly 24 hours and 20? It, it progressed that quickly well d- regular diseases can progress in 24 hours why not yeah yeah i guess that's a good point point. why not a new pierce yeah why not a new pierce which is probably more exacerbated than regular human diseases quite possibly and if it is a living organism parasite thing that's going through them it could be even at a faster progressive rate yeah i'm wondering why though okay so if they have the disease and they're killing other Upirs. How does it get to another Upir if they kill them completely and their heart's gone and their body's dead? The host, the host body is dead. Then how can the, how can it, pretty much how can it spread? Right. That's my question. Yeah, it's interesting because when we see the Upirs attacking each other, they're going for the chest. Yeah. And as we know, during the autopsy in the chest area, the the whole organism is covering that area. Mm-hmm. So maybe. By physically touching that area, it's affecting them too. Okay, so perhaps once the, the contact, yeah, just physical contact, quite possibly, which doesn't bode well for price, which we'll talk about later on. Right. Mm. <laughs> I wonder how it affects humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Roman find out that light 
distracts the organisms because he and i thought it was so funny how there's a light switch outside i was like that's kind of odd you know like i've seen light switches outside. for sheds no. yeah for sheds i've seen light switches outside but then again we live like in a really urban environment here <laughs> in la so we don't see it as often anymore like well, I, I used i used to live in the country too i was like i lived in the country and uh we had a light outside so it was nothing in me okay so but it was convenient because he flipped that switch and it just totally froze them um, then later on, which he, I was like, that's very vampire like, which is, which yeah. I actually like because you know, the, their whole take on vampires now appears that mm-hmm. they can walk in the day, which as we know in the whole vampire lore, that vampires can't walk in sunlight. So mm-hmm. I like how they actually took that kind of behavioral pattern and actually applied it to this virus or whatever's going on. Yeah. Like, hey, light actually affects them now. In some way, it freezes them, which yeah. is so funny. So it must like just, Maybe mess with their neurons or something so they can't have bodily control anymore. The optic nerve, which it affects their vision. Yeah, well, it affects... possibly. But why would they just freeze? If it was only their vision, why would they completely freeze and not try to, like, lash out still and hit somebody? I feel like the tumors are connected to the optic nerve in such a way that it affects the whole tumor. And it, like, just... just I don't know. It, it does something. Like, the... Photo, like the photons like distract them somehow maybe and it's also connected to the the frontal lobe that maybe it just shuts down brain ah, function higher in, brain functions yeah it just brain function in general because it was mostly in the brain and the chest area because it was also it was the optic nerve the hypothalamus and the frontal lobe so maybe it just shut down brain function i like the way you think marissa <laughs> yes good explanation so we have him use that on them, but then the battery starts to die. What are they going to do? They have the the light on them at the window. Okay, what are we going to do? Back away slowly? They just took too long. They could have <laughs> left the light there, pointed at them, maybe like turned it a little bit, but they didn't do that. Yeah. Nate runs away like a little punk. I know. That's a nicer word for it. <laughs> um, I What frustrated me is how they were always by the windows. Like, get away from the windows. They're going to break in and attack you. That's too simple. Having the these infected oopiers, um this way, it's pretty much the zombie equivalent of an oopier. Am I right? Uh, yes, I know. We have the zombie trend going through everything. I would, you know, watching the scene, I was just literally, I think I put it in my notes, this is a straight horror movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is things you actually see in scary movies. Even vampires have something to fear now. Yeah. In Hemlock Grove. <laughs> oh, goodness. But actually, I don't think it was Hemlock Grove where they're particularly in now. What was it? There's a new, it's called East Cornwall, I think. East of, Cornwall, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a real place. I didn't research that. But, um, I thought it was interesting how one of the other Upiers said, it was the the husband, he said that 35% of their little city, their little burg, is Upir. What? Over a third of the population? So I guess the Upiers just all came and drove and settled at East Cornwall. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, right? So, um, thankfully, Nate was a good enough distraction for his uh, his Aha. girlfriend. Okay. Oh, what? The hypothalamus controls the uh, autonomic nervous system and the secretion of hormones. Oh. So, it probably did shut down their nervous system. Okay. Okay. I can see that. For the light. Yes. Yes. Very good. Got it. And uh, they're able to get away. Um, it's daytime now, right? By the time they leave. Yeah. They, they had can- to wait them out. They had to wait him out, but they were able. To, well, they were able to run into the forest while they were distracted eating Nate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I will... like, that was good yes. because the, he said the whole line, especially because we did see that moment when Annie and Roman and Roman was actually very vulnerable and it became very humanistic. Oh yeah, right now when he, you know, came to terms with who he is, what he did, and he was, you know, he he raped Letha, and he is the father, and, like, that was a very real moment with Roman. I liked that moment. It was very genuine. It was funny how Nate spoiled it at the end, because he just came in the tail end of what he was saying, and he's just like, oh, God, you don't have to cry about it. It's like, (laughs) well, let's give another reason to hate Nate. I know. I was like, it's good that you got, you know, all mangled up at the end. So I don't think anybody could have put it more concisely and simply what happened to Roman that first season. Because the whole time I actually was thinking that he was doing it of his own volition. Actually impregnating Letha, like for some like twisted reason, you know? We've kind of forgiven him like over the past couple of seasons. But 
now we know that it was actually Olivia, Olivia. who was manipulating, just like she was manipulating everybody. I forgot that that was her power in the first season. Yeah. Well, and yeah, also in the book, the four, you know, the first season, they went into how Olivia did control them through the X dance and all that. So that's the, one of her oopier powers. Yeah. And, and that's right. Ro- I forgot. See, no one's used it in, in such a long yeah. time, the X dance. And, and Roman was trying to, like, Pretty much, remember, he kept staring into the mirror and he was building up a resistance towards a tolerance, I guess, for yeah. it. For, like, he was trying to do it on himself. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I, We're I going back. We are really going back to season one here. Uh, but we, yeah, now we know that he was manipulated by his mother to try to exert some control over him and the new baby. And, the baby. and probably Letha, too. Mm-hmm. So this is just a messed up family. Olivia, really messed up. Olivia is such a monster. She is, and especially because Letha was the daughter of Norman. And how much did Olivia actually love Norman? A lot to a certain extent. Yeah, in season two, she loved yes. him a lot. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. But then she ripped out his heart. Nope. Yeah, she did what the hell has no fear. No, she uh, yes, and <laughs> she she did what the uh, infected Upiers are doing now. Yeah, but Which, that was just out of her. <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm actually thinking that she is infected because she ripped out his heart, and that's the mo of the other peers that are infected. Yeah, but right. that that was more out of spite. Yeah, than so. than the actual organism affecting. Yeah, it probably hadn't. Progressed. That was her character, really. <laughs> that was her character. She hadn't. She did it knowingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, was there anything else that we want to talk about regarding Roman? That was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, we We, spent a lot of time. This was a very Roman-heavy episode, and we didn't get much of the other characters except for, um, well, I think maybe Price was the next biggest uh, subject we got. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Well, Well, let's talk about Ochoa and Olivia next since we're on Olivia. Mm-hmm. So not too much with them. Um, we get to see Ochoa giving Olivia more information. Yeah. He was in Roman's house and he heard the toilet flush. So he assumes that there's someone else in the house which could be Shelly. Don't ever assume. What kind of a private detective is this guy? I know. Don't ever assume. Right? He's, he's the worst private detective ever. I mean, he finds all this other cool stuff but it's like, you can't do when a When it comes to common do- sense, no. I know. Why would you even tell your uh, the person your uh, your client th- some like misinformation? Some girl. Yeah. So I think it was a girl, think- right? He must have had a girl upstairs. It was probably Shelly. Why would you do that? No. Um, like, how did you even put two and two together? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he gets her into the house too. Oh, you know what? Back up a little bit. Before that, he's giving her the money that Roman paid. <laughs> What the, I don't get what's going on. Can you help explain, Marissa? It's it's very confusing because I think that's that's also there. There's also an agreement between Olivia and Ochoa that the, because every time those two meet, Olivia's always saying you got to keep working for Norman. And sorry, not Norman Roman. for Roman because Roman will pay you. So keep keep that money flowing. And then as we know, Olivia's going through financial struggles. That like some of that money from Olivia will uh, from Ochoa will go to Olivia. Yeah, I just which that that doesn't seem right because it should be Olivia paying Ochoa. Yeah, exactly. Unless Olivia is paying him in other ways, which I think is happening. She is probably sleeping with him. That's got to be the only explanation. No, there's a lot of sexual tension going on there. Or she's using X stance on him, and we're not seeing it. Quite possibly, yeah. She's compelling him to to count the money. And to give it to her. She mm. she could be doing that. Why not? She could. Right? That's definitely a good possibility. We just don't see it or it's just... I don't know. I, I think she's very dependent on Roman's money yeah. in paying Ochoa so she can get paid as well. Yes. She needs the money to live. Yeah. Otherwise, how, how is she going to pay for that small, tiny, seedy apartment that she's got <laughs> in Logan's Gardens? She needs to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's Garden. <laughs> Far from a garden. <laughs> yes, exactly. Far from her greenhouse that she had. Mm-hmm. It's true. But not not too much else on them too, except for at the very end where we get that huge cliffhanger with the video, and we he was paying a lot of attention to uh, Doctor Price and mm-hmm. seeing his um, what what he was researching online. So we see the video, and it's it's something like 1945, like some kind of test in a laboratory. It looked like World War Two style. They dropped yep. in a rat that was that had s- something injected in it. We don't know what. 
Right. It was obviously affected. It was obviously infected. It deformed. Very deformed. It looked like it was skeleton in nature almost. Right? Monster in nature. Yes, monstrous. And it goes after the other rat, its own species. Its own species. So there's a parallel between mm-hmm. what's going on with that rat and what's happening now with the Upiers attacking mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm just, like, blown away by what was on that video. And Olivia looked shocked. Yeah. And I think because we now know there's the photograph that Spivak was a part of this. So do you think Spivak's the one injecting all the oopiers yes with this so-called venom so they can take out their own species yes and then speedvac species will be the rising yes species I, i'm like figuring all this out yeah, as i'm speaking yes that's what i was doing i was oh, writing that in my notes yeah. the whole time it was going to be part of my predictions later on yeah. but that's okay i, I kind of <laughs> figured that out yes it was a good um, organic uh, moment for you to figure that out yeah um but also we did learn that Pearl, Spivak's nurse, gave Olivia a flu shot. Right. And we all know Spivak's been pretty crazy. Who knows what kind of injections he's been giving to everybody else and, like, all these serums and whatnot he's been injecting into people. He could have injected Olivia with he, this virus he thing. He probably did, and that's probably why there's so many up here that are infected now. He's Who knows when he started doing it? Um, let's just say he started doing it in Season 2. And Season 2 mm-hmm. to now... At the end of season two to now has been six weeks. So we have a six-week incubation period for this stuff to start happening, which I could see that taking a while for something like that big, a tumor that huge to grow and proliferate throughout the body. Yeah. Right? And that definitely works with rats because mice live for three weeks. And, their, uh, and then they live on their own. Yeah, and their their bodies are much, you know, they obviously die a lot quicker. They have a, a smaller lifespan. It probably takes something the size of a, a human noop here a lot mm-hmm. longer to have the tumor grow. Six weeks. Yeah. 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 So if, let's just say that we had Dr. Spivak be the only doctor in that county, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a small county, let's just say. We have him injecting everybody, every oop here that he knows is an oop here in Hemlock Grove. And every oop here that he knows is an oop here who were visiting from East Cornwall to get their flu shots, right? I don't know why oopiers need flu shots, by the way. It's, yeah, they're immortal. Yeah. Come on. Um, unless they're trying to play it up like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm human. So I have to do this for my job. That's probably it right there. They got to, like, yeah. be undercover about it. Well, and a lot of the positions, they're, they're usually medical positions that yeah. they're, they're physical. They're front that they give to the public, like doctors, nurses, whatever. Right. So, and even them, they have to just get regular... Um, medicine and shots just yeah. just for employment just for just for the sake of having the credential to say i'm flu shot vaccinated yeah i'm vaccinated this yeah this is crazy man like we're uncovering so many things <laughs> with this conversation crazy oh my gosh um i think there no there wasn't much else about olivia and Chella. let's talk about shelly and her encounter yeah. with a new character named itor quantic itor is it ator Ator Quantic. Ator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so interesting name. Interesting name. Uh, I like this jacket. Reminds me of the seventies, eighties a little bit. Really cool leather on there with the, the he's pu- old school. The puffy stuff, right? <laughs> uh, so this guy is a, a real good fellow. He goes to the steel mill, which is now called Rooster Poot. Rooster Poot. Which actually, I was looking at this. Urban Dictionary says it's slang for sperm or jism. Oh no! <laughs> which is so named because the, it's the excrement of roosters. Oh my gosh! That, so Rooster Poot. That is so funny because I I didn't look up slang dictionary, but it, <laughs> I looked up just slang for it in general, and I thought it was a rooster fart. But I guess it's more than that. It's Rooster Poot. That's pretty gross. But it makes it's a it, fun word, though. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is pretty funny. He said he wouldn't know a poot if he stepped on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess he would step that on would it. That would make sense, though. Yeah. That, no, that, that to- is poot. That totally makes sense now because it's like the it's like the jizz of all like all the, the people who are like slime and the, the gutter of society yeah. living in this place. The right? homeless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like it's just like unsavory people. Not home, I'm not saying homeless people are unsavory. No, no, no. But just, like, just like the the drug addicts in that place were injecting themselves in their mouths the last episode. And it was just all the downtrodden. Yeah, all the downtrodden. It's terrible. You know, it's obviously we have the White Tower, 
in mm. in the town and then we have the extreme of that which is the steel mill both owned by godfrey industries right at some point so pretty much the, they own the whole town <laughs> they own the whole town yeah so it's just it's funny to see the people who are super rich in god you know godfrey and mm-hmm. then now the super poor are in the godfrey another godfrey also be infected by the godfreys yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's just crazy it's a fascinating uh contrast mm-hmm. but we have antor ator 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 we have a two vowels together two yeah. vowels together so we have him telling stories to all the downtrodden people who live there in the steel mill uh in rooster poot <laughs> he's like the reverend yeah, I you know what I actually like his stories because they had good metaphors. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, he was talking about uh, Ulysses S. Grant, you know, who also helped with you know the whole Civil War and taking down the Confederates and and you know leading a a country. And then also, but he, he said something about him never taking out his Johnson and always being like really really well dressed, right? Never <laughs> yes. being naked, ever ever seen. Ever even seen like, he he always like keeps his cool pretty much. Yeah. And then we also had the other story about the hippo and the whale. Yeah, I thought that was really good. It, and it was a total metaphor. Totally. For, for Shelley. For Shelley. And not only Shelley, but just all the people there, all the unfortunate souls who are staying there at Rooster Poot. They're the, on the outskirts of society. They don't know what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Sometimes someone has to just lead you, like who is like you, and give you that purpose. Which I thought was really cool. And then he ends it with Moses, the Moses. Mo the whale, or Hippo turns into Moses the whale, leading everybody out of bondage. What Moses. <laughs> that was so cool. It was amazing. I really like it. He's very charismatic with yeah. those people. And like he has a good perspective on life. And especially yes. when we see that he could have thrown away all this food, but no, yeah. he's like, I'm going to use it to help people who actually need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, he has a couple of scenes with Shelly that are... That pretty much his introduction when he's with her at the in the hallway and he talks about her face being so damn chaotic on that right <laughs> side which was so funny but he in a way he was he was talking about like beauty having symmetry but mm-hmm. at the same time asymmetrical things are very beautiful too and seeing Shelley we've gotten to know her for so many seasons now uh, she has a very asymmetrical face but she's grown on us. Like, mm-hmm. we really like her character. And we're like, hey, I don't care if she has one huge fish eye yeah. or whatever. Right? Uh, what was the line he said? This whole just uh, gestalt is cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just... I like that. Like, so it doesn't bother him. Because he, mm-hmm. he likes, especially going off of his story that he just, you know, said, that he likes individuality. Yeah. It doesn't bother him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we get to meet him and... Uh, I guess his story is going to further develop with Shelley's. He's going to have something to do with her in the following episodes. And is that Richard Gunn? That is Richard All Gunn. All right. So we may have him in, in studio. In studio, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Get ready for that. All right. Um, next, we're going to talk about our two favorite people. Let's talk about Peter first. Since he had very small, very little. Very small uh, lines and roles. They're important, though. Very few, mm-hmm. but important. So we have him and Andreas. Andreas, I feel like, had more lines than Peter. Andreas yeah. went crazy ape crap this episode, man. He did. What? What are you doing? What's going on with this guy? Don't I Don't give him. us reasons to hate you. He was so funny before, and now, like, I've just switched off to this dude. He, I feel like he is just a bad person now. He's becoming very unlikable. Yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought him, like, walking around naked before was, like, comical and funny. But now I feel like, no, he's just an alpha male. He's just trying to assert his dominance over Destiny and mm. Peter and everybody else in his group, right? And I like how Peter's, like, catching on to all of this. And he's like, hey, what are you bringing into Destiny's house? What are you, you're good, your actions are affecting all of us, not just you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, think about everything you're doing. Destiny has a vision because Peter talks to her, right? Mm. She has a vision, very ambiguous vision. I don't know what to make of it. It looks happy, but then maybe we didn't get to see the whole vision and there's something else there because Destiny's kind of smiling a little bit when he comes in and kisses her, right? Right. I, I put, um, because we see that vision of what, an outdoor of a church yeah. or whatnot, and then I said, children, happy, no marriage, though. No we marriage. didn't see a marriage. So it could be anything that happens in a church, whether it be marriage or death oh say or a funeral wow a happy funeral well kids would well, play anyway kids right? wouldn't know they would, they would play so despite it being a funeral it could be a funeral 
Whose funeral, though? Andreas. Andreas! No! I predicted a long time ago that I, I think he's going to die. I really liked him last season, and I liked him at the beginning of the season, but now in episode three, he's just turned out to be such a jerk. Yeah. He just keeps getting into trouble. Well, he has the rest of the season to, you know, turn back to good, I guess. He's smart, though. The, he's really trying to build an empire for himself there. In he Hemlock is, Road. but eventually he's going to catch up to him and kick him in the behind. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens next episode. Let's talk about Price really quickly because I, I know we only have a few minutes remaining. Uh, Price does a cool autopsy. He has great <laughs> lines. We're going to talk about him in Amazing. our Mad Price Talk segment, which will be a quick minute. Um, but he could possibly be infected now. He's taking... He's, he still had his gloves on. And he has the blood from the organism all over it. Mm-hmm. He rubs his eyes because he's so tired. Drink, popping pills. Popping his stimulants, probably. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And he goes. Other choice words. Other choice words. <laughs> but he, and I love Joel Delapuente. His he's act, amazing. His acting is superb, man. Joel, please come back into the. Come, come back, back to our show. Come back to our show. Uh, but he goes over to the chemical wash. I'm like, okay, good, good. But then even after he washed his eyes, there's still red, like, discoloration that occurs after the chemical wash. Which really made me nervous because that was very close to the eye, which we know. Optic nerve. It affects the optic nerve. Oh, my gosh. So I'm... He he actually passes out when he's trying to get an epi shot, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm wondering, is that price now? What if the tumor has already, like, embedded itself in him? It, you know, like, what if he didn't want to get an epi shot? What if he wanted to get some other thing to straight up kill himself or some other medicine to, like, really cure I it? I think maybe, I think he was actually generally going for the epi shot because, you know, he's dying. Yeah. But, again, I think that's the act of this shutting down the central nervous system. He yeah. couldn't physically even move. Oh Someone gosh. else had to inject him. Damn, he so. is infected. That was, yeah, that was really fast. But he's human. He is human. How, so how would it affect him? He's going to attack, uh, what's his name? Blinsky. Klaus Blinsky. <laughs> Klaus. <laughs> Klaus. Thank you, Klaus. Thank you, Klaus. But um, so good. I love how later on he's supposed to be resting. He is drumming <laughs> away on everything that you can get he's in good. the lab. He was really good. And now I know why. Dr. Price's arms are so buff now this season because he is just working those things out, man. He's working those guns. <laughs> I loved how, you know, he had uh, all of the, all these medical equipment that yeah. he was like all, all the scissors and it was, what scalpels. Yeah. <laughs> it was he, great. He was using, he only had, I think he had drumsticks, right? Yeah. Everything else yeah. was from the lab. He had buckets and then he had forceps, actually. I thought forceps, they were scissors. Yeah. I thought they were scissors at first. Too. I was like, that'd be really dangerous. So they were forceps. Um, but he has some really good lines, which we're actually going to talk about very quickly in our special segment, <laughs> which is Mad Price Talk. Mad Price Talk. So, Marissa, you had a really quick, uh, oh, cool line to talk about. Goodness. Okay. You, you really want me to say the whole thing? Yes. Okay. So my Mad Price Talk was, here we go. This is what Mad Price says when Klaus jumps in on him and he's drumming and he's talking about why he didn't sleep. But as I was drifting off, I had a thought. The specific anaplastic cellular structures resemble the procession of the horsemen in the Parthenon Frieze, which reminded me of an article in The Lancet about equine telomeres and cellular immortalization, which has prompted a theory about the physio- physiology of the Speedvax creature. Well, in short... Drumming is helping me access my right brain. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that is so good. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. Dr. <laughs> Price. Joel De La Fuente, you're amazing. I don't know how he memorized that. It's great. Um, he also said in the beginning of the episode, uh, fingers are ossified, flexed to an immobile claw-like configuration with thickened hypertrophic claws, all the better to rip your heart out with, my dear. Yeah. Which is so great. I love it. The wolf. The amazing. Wolf. The yes. Wolf. Anyway, so let's do some really quick predictions your after buzz tv predictions marissa what do you got Ooh, okay i i still think there's an astronomical change that's gonna go on that's changing the oopiers and now we also have this virus thing that's physically changing their oopiers and turning on themselves but um because we did see we we saw andreas get very dark and he almost turned on his own his own kind too so i think it's just species turning on each other not just within oopiers but vargos can turn on each other too so that's where i think the astronomical change is coming in and then as for the rh null if olivia got a hold of that 
she essentially would be cured because that's a universal curing type of blood. So if she got a hold of RH Null, she'd be on top of the world. Wow. And then in Spivak's basement, maybe he's harvesting more creatures of his kind from the water like he's they're growing maybe they're them. yeah he's growing them in the water down there because yeah. if it is a water reflection that we saw down there and he's feeding them he maybe he fed ooh i don't want to say it maybe he, he fed, fed her uh, to, miranda yeah miranda no i don't know wow that would be crazy. It's dark. Uh, I hope not. I, I hope not. But I don't see her name like on the main cast in the beginning no. anymore. So I'm thinking. That... And Chester is dead. And Chester is definitely Michael's dead. pretty much dead. Too. Yeah, he was bleeding out. Um, yeah. I want to just give a couple quick predictions. I, I feel like Olivia is going to be infected. She's going to turn. Uh, we're going to see her for sure by the end of the season. She'll be turning, and she's a deadly foe. So I feel like anybody who comes up against her, they're going to get uh, their heart ripped out again. <laughs> So it's like what goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah. She she ripped out Norman's heart, so someone's got to rip out her heart. And I wonder if if Shelly... I'm feeling like Shelly's going to get stronger from this encounter with Ator, and maybe she's going to be the one to do it. Maybe she's going to be the one to kill Olivia by the end. Oh, yeah. I like the Ator. Ator seems like a really good fit for Shelly right now, because Shelly just needs a friend. Yeah, she definitely does. And it's nice to have... This is going to be her, her male adult role model who replaces Norman now. Yes. Yeah, well, I think that about does it for us here at AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. Uh, be sure to tune in next week where we're going to have, we have her scheduled. Mm-hmm. Our awesome and, and lovely guest is going to be... Camille DePaziz. Camille DePaziz. Yes. All right. She plays Annie. She plays Annie on the show. So yes. we're, we're going to be welcoming her hopefully next episode. Uh, in the meantime, where can we find you, Marissa? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And you guys can follow me at Sean Austin O. That's S-E-A-N-A-U-S-T-I-N-O on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my book, City of Angels and Discontent. That is on the iTunes bookstore. Check it out. Uh, download it. Download the free sample for sure. And leave me a review. Thanks so much, guys. And we'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.